Hello and welcome to our second podcast um, of the AR Sports Coaching Podcast. Today we have got a new topic and we're going to be discussing winning in development teams. So you, what you will have seen um, previously on our social media accounts, if you follow us, um, we've had several blogs that have been posted this week um, discussing different subject, subjects. Um, and now we've decided to cover this topic, which we think is an interesting one. We think that is one that uh, generates a lot of discussion out in the coaching community. Um, but first of all, there has been quite clearly some developments in the guidance um, for coaches and we know that a lot of the coaches who we interact with um, either on a one-to-one basis or a small group basis have now gone back to coaching in some aspect. Um, so Ryan, do you want to give us a bit of an update on, on the guidance? Yeah, so uh, the, the government have obviously eased some of the social distancing lockdown restrictions um, to, to allow coaches in most sports to be able to do some kind of activity with small groups, like a bubble, if you will, um, to try and control the spread with up to five people with one coach leading. Um, but obviously this whole thing, this whole pandemic has brought out sort of new means of coaching and, and new ways of coaching. Um, if you've if you've been doing anything with your teams or with your athletes, um, we'd, you know, we'd love you to, to share and get involved in the discussion and and encourage you to, to share those out on social media and help other coaches out with that. Um, a lot of stuff early on has been sort of this new virtual coaching, um, which is different, and then the small group stuff and the and sort of the census from, from discussions with coaches and, and stuff like that is that there's a lot of focus on individual and team competition of trying to, there's different challenges like kick-up challenges or if you can kick a ball into a bin or if you can, you know, hit a, hit a tennis ball with a racket and, and, and knock a kind of pop over or something. And there's loads of different challenges, but then there's, there's sort of virtual games and stuff like that and competition. Um, and this use of competition has been really useful during this pandemic. Um, and it sort of obviously bows to the question, of should, you know, how useful is competition in coaching and how useful is competition for children, which obviously brings us... Uh, right into the debate of the the winning and losing and and how winning's useful for development teams or or on the other side of the fence how winning is harmful for development teams uh, and that's pretty much what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, definitely. So as Ryan touched upon, the um, winning is is sort of become a bit of a a bit of a, a dirty word really in some aspects of coaching, um, and as Ryan said, it can clearly be very harmful to the development of of young um players or athletes whatever the sport if pushed at the wrong the wrong point in their development um but first of all we just want to define what we mean by development team just to make it clear what it is that we're talking about um so the way we are when we talk about development teams we mean grassroots teams okay at this lower end of the spectrum then RTCs um, across any sport, so maybe a, a centre of excellence, maybe it is a regional team, stuff like that. Um, youth teams, so whether that again is at grassroots or whether it doesn't quite fit under maybe the academy umbrella, 
but it does fit into there is a first team that they're trying to get into and these are the, the younger ages of that. And then finally the academies. So obviously you've got the academies in football and rugby and various different sports. Um and clearly they're at a bit of a higher level than the grassroots, but they're still trying to develop players. Um so as we said, we think that this is a, a topic that has sparked a bit can spark a bit of conversation, especially when you're on coach education courses and stuff like that, and that the emphasis is is starting to change um so first thing we're going to discuss is how times have changed or have they changed um and talking about our own experiences so ryan if you just want to kick us off what are your experiences from when you was playing um sports you know whether it be at a very young age or got moving through to when you eventually stopped playing to go and, and coach on a regular basis what was your experiences of was the emphasis on winning or development or a bit of both? Yeah, the the winning the the winning was definitely maybe the priority uh for a grassroots team in my sport. Um I'd probably say the biggest priority was not losing rather than winning in a strange sense where we were <clears throat> everything was tailored towards we're not gonna get beat this week rather than if we improve on this, we'll become better and we can win. Sort of losing was sort of the not losing as the outcome, which is a strange thing. Um, I definitely feel like, say, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, when I was playing youth sport, um, winning and awards and being the best player of the game and stuff like that was, was such a big part of taking taking part in sport at a grassroots level. Um, you know, whether right or wrong at the time, it's probably to be discussed, um, but things have definitely changed moving forward. What about yourself? Yeah, so very similar. So um, growing up, I played a variety of sports. The main sports I played was probably rugby and football and um, very similar. So I always thinking back the emphasis was massively on winning um so it was always talked about how how we was going to win the game or we was going to win the match win the competition whatever it might be the cup competition or win the league at the start of the season um and i remember from an individual point of view right from being say, 7 8 years old all the way up to maybe 15 16 years old the emphasis for me individually was always that I wanted to be the man of the match. I wanted to be, when I played playing football, I wanted to be the uh, leading goal scorer at the end of the season and I wanted those medals uh, that came with it. Um, and for me, that competitive side and winning was, was very important um, and was always placed upon, I felt, the teams that I played in. And it, I think that personally it benefited me. But looking back, it, I can definitely see looking at maybe t- players that I played with or stuff like that, how it could have had or how it did have a negative effect on on other people. Um, so I know, like I said, I would have wanted the leading goal scorer or I would have wanted the man of match. And, you know, the games that I got those, um, I left absolutely buzzing, I left fantastic and such confidence boost for the coming week. But clearly only one person could could get them awards each week. So the weeks I didn't get it, you know... It was a bit of a, a bit of a donor, um, and likewise with the competitive 
edge of it being really pushed, which helped me and some of the other um, players push each other. At the same time, it also made it a little bit over the top, You some might say, um, towards players that weren't necessarily seeing it that way. So there obviously was some players that were turning up playing grassroots football for just the fun and the social element, which is absolutely perfect. It's fine. Um, but as a as a young kid, it can be very hard to sort of see someone else's point of view like that. So why is it that they don't want to win as much as me? And you can almost get into arguments, whatever, and that clearly will have a harmful effect on that other person's development, whether it's you know the, a loss of confidence in the team or whatever, or whether it's as bad as drastic as them dropping out of the team, um, which which nobody wants at all. Um, I think in recent years we've definitely seen a shift, haven't we? Um, there's definitely been a shift, and, and rightly so, um, from the winning out at all costs um, to that balanced approach of how do you sort of develop players and how do you focus on development and stuff like that. We're both at the same time winning in sports by nature is always going to be a part of it, um, whichever level it's at. So we do think that it has changed, and that you know, with guidance from within, I know myself from in the FA, the guidance is, is more pushed towards uh, let's focus on development of the players, development of people, and stuff like that, um, and let's not compromise it with the win at all costs. Um, but it's it's how you it's how you tee it up, it's how you fit those two together because like we said it's very hard to have a, a match have a game of sport and for it not to be not to be a winner or not to be a loser um so we have heard more recently in football especially um you have the non-competitive leagues so i think it is up until under 12s i don't know what it's like in your sport ryan um but we have non-competitive leagues and what that means is um Matches are played as normal, scores are kept, etc. But at the end of the game, the results and the league tables don't get posted online for parents to look at, for coaches to look at. And the point of that is to try and take away the emphasis of parents or coaches pushing players towards that win at all costs to try and win the league. And obviously, after you, when you get to under-13s, etc., that's when the league tables come into it. And that is... However, our argument is, although that might be the case, if a referee is at the game taking the score, kids are celebrating goals, ultimately, there is an element of competitiveness. Sir. What are your thoughts on this, Ryan, and are your experiences in your sport with that? Yeah, so we de- we definitely have the the non non competitive league approach. Again, uh, I think the transition changes on the thirteens. Um, there's also then development leagues where there is a league, and obviously even in these games, the referee, the score gets taken, awards given out. You know, teams win lose on the day, um, and that doesn't doesn't leave. Um, and if you know, and if teams win every week, they know. They probably won their pool because they're split into ability groups um, to try and enhance development, which is you know a fantastic idea for kids to be playing against kids similar ability. 
Um, but then you have these development leagues as well, where there is a league table, but it's there's no trophy at the end of it. You don't win a prize for finishing in any certain position. There's no promotion or relegation. It's just purely um, easing them into how a league looks and how competition looks. Um, but as you say, um, even if even with the Im- impact of these um, non-competitive leagues and development leagues or whatever it is, the France, on the ground, on the Sunday morning, they're still winning and losing. And how how as coaches or parents or uh, you know, team managers or, or whatever your role is within a community team all the way through to, to an academy, how how do you use winning and losing? Um, how do you manage winning and losing and, and how, how do you keep competition healthy to improve athletes and people? Yeah, definitely. And I think what what we'd like, as we mentioned before, is for people to interact with us so we personally think that framing it as non-competitive matches or non-competitive league is sort of the wrong way to go about it um, because ultimately, as we said, when goals, tries, points are scored, at the end of it, there'll be a team maybe happy and the team may be a little bit upset. The referee's got to submit a team sheet with a score on it. Managers or coaches have got to send a text in with a score on it. So, obviously, there is clearly someone who has come off that pitch on a Saturday, Sunday, whenever, as a winner. Um, so, clearly, there is that level of competition. When we go on coach education courses, when we go on whichever, a huge motivational part of coaching or a huge part of motivating kids is that competition aspect. Times and times again, within my sessions, even at younger ages, you might play a little fun game, but you might put a point system in there to try and pick up the intensity or maybe have a little bit of fun competition to try and motivate the children. So it might be that every time you do this, you get one point, you might get two points, whatever. And even though that might not be a clear-cut game at the end, that is still competition. There's still going to be uh, a child in that practice that thinks, I've won or I'm trying to beat myself, beat my best. Um, so what we want is people to interact with us and sort of how could how do you think as a coach community we can frame it a little bit better than non-competitive? Um, because one of my concerns has always been is if I was coaching a team, which I have done at under 10s, under 11s, it's non-competitive. So we, we turn up every week, we play the game, there's a winner and a loser on the pitch However, there isn't a league table, which is absolutely fine. And we understand that it takes away that aspect of parents pushing kids into, come on, we need to win, blah, 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 blah. However, how do you as a coach go from under 11s, under 12s saying it's non-competitive to all of a sudden, a year later at under 13s, it's competitive and there's a league to be won? You know, there's going to be relegation, there's going to be promotion, there's going to be a, a league winner, etc. So, how do you sort of go from how do how do you shift from that non-competitive to competitiveness? And clearly, it isn't about all out winning. We're not saying that under 13s coaches all of a sudden say, right, we need we just need to win. 
there is obviously a huge part of it that is development, but is winning not part of that development process? Um, so what do you think about that, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I told. I totally uh, agree with um, winning and losing. In my opinion, is sort of a byproduct of development as an athlete, development as a person, sort of through sport and and also life. Um, as we've said, the competitions, the competitions there throughout your training practices. Um, I'm no doubt coaches will be using small-sided games with point scoring, as as you suggested, um, in the training sessions, so they'll be competitive there. Um, there'll be, obviously, a winner and loser, and, you know, who gets the most baskets or the most wickets or whatever it be on the day. There's, there's an element of competition there. The competition's always there. Um, it's just when it changes to that competitive league, how we nurture the the, the element of compet- of competitiveness through the early stages and as it transitions there isn't that huge flip to now it's about winning um, and that's probably down to the, the coaches at the level is to encourage them that the comp- competitiveness before the age isn't a bad thing and certainly competitive over competitiveness sorry over competitiveness when you get to say the 13 14 age bracket where it becomes competitive leagues can can be sort of a if you overkill it and it's trying to find the balance uh between measuring up competition and, and promoting competition in the right way throughout a child and an af- sort of uh, development through the years yeah, definitely. And I think, as you've mentioned, it is just, it's about finding the right balance. I think what it it can look from the outset when you're not too sure about what the guidance is, is it can look as if, you know, it's development, 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 and all of a sudden it's development with winning. Um, and, you know, we, we often hear about, I mean, it, it's very frustrating. And I've read books about it recently, um, talking about the German FA and how um, just before they won the World Cup, they had a, a bit of a backlash because all you hear about, and you hear it in our media today, is they've not got the right characters, they've got poor character and stuff like that because they're not winning. Um, and part of you thinks, is that sort of just a, a bit of a bad excuse of they've, got, they've not got enough characters or stuff like that? Or part of it, is it maybe because we're sort of in the culture of winning doesn't matter? And, you know, there is different levels of sport quite clearly. And, you know, what we want more than anything is as coaches, and I'm sure most of you guys will agree with this, what we want is is kids, adults, whoever, playing sports. It doesn't matter whether it's a kickabout in a park, doesn't matter whether it's a you know, a very good academy level. What we want is is kids going out there, playing football, cricket, rugby, tennis, basketball, whatever it might be, netball, hockey, and, you know, and having a go and, and just engaging in some sport. That's what we want. But at the same time, I think it depends personally what you are trying to develop. Um, because clearly, as you go through the different levels of sport, what you were trying to develop as a coach changes. 
So I I think personally when I was at more more of a grassroots lower level team where there was more beginners and they were still learning the fundamental skills maybe or the basic skills of the sport, the emphasis there was on kids having fun. And what I was trying to develop then was enjoyment. I was clearly trying to develop kids into better football players. Clearly, because at the end of the day, the whole point of me being a coach is to try and make them a little bit better. But what the main point or my main focus was at that time was I want every kid to come off that practice or that match having enjoyed it. And if I can make them a little bit better as a football player at the same time, then I've done an okay job. Another thing that you might try to develop at that sort of um, domain is just better people. You know, you might work with an under-15s team or whatever at a lower level and you just want to, you know, maybe improve the resilience or improve the teamwork, stuff like that. However, if you're coaching at a more of a higher level and you're maybe within the academy system or you're in a, a national system, you might be trying to develop players for a first team. And when those players hopefully reach that first team, they're going to be expected to, to win matches and, you know, whether it's score goals, defend, whatever, score tries, they're going to be expected to be able to compete at a good level to try and help that first team win matches. So how do we as coaches, if it is that higher level, focus on the development and focus on bettering them as players and bettering the team, etc. But then all of a sudden, when they get to that first team, grade it's all it is all mainly about winning obviously depending on the level so i think personally it does depend on what domain you're working in and what level you're working in yeah it definitely is i don't think for any grassroots team um winning winning should ever be um sort of the be all and the end all and sort of win at all cost even at academies um, I don't think that it should be win at all costs. And I know that some sports will operate where academy coaches, if they don't get results on the field, can can be moved on and stuff like that. Um, because we're trying to nurture athletes to play in the real competitive environments throughout those stages. And as you get higher, probably more emphasis on sort of the, probably the more technical and tactical reasons why you may have won or lost become more apparent. Um, but for me, um, it's it's about how you portray the winning and the losing and the failure and success um, to sort of develop wider skills. So obviously you're trying to develop someone's athletic skills, whether that's technical or technical, but this social and psychological stuff in there as well. So, you know, a team, for a team to win, you'd have to get a group of, of children or adults or whoever you're coaching, you know, to cooperate, to respect each other and their opponents, um, to work as a team, to be committed to a task. Uh, they have to develop these social and physiological skills, um, which, is, which is great life lessons. Um, but definitely how those how you develop those skills over time 
and how how you experience loss as well and and getting back up will really help children when they get to the top level and it's about explaining the process of we didn't get the win today but you know you how you did a, you fell or and it's always putting it back onto a positive spin i feel um using the terminology can be yeah, powerful definitely. but it's it's always making sure winning or losing is always a is always a positive thing yeah 100% i think like you said i think it's about at a young age um you know some coaches are, are lucky that they can take their team from the very beginning all the way to the end um but some coaches don't have the uh, don't get that opportunity, you know, they might only overtake that team when they're under 15s and the 14s and sort of the foundations of, you know, how they view winning and losing has already been set. If you are lucky enough, I think that it's important for them to understand that, you know, losing is part of the process and winning is part of the process. And again, it's how you frame and how you put after every game a positive spin on it. So, for example, if you've lost a game, you know, even if it's at younger ages, how can you get across to those players that it's something to learn from, it's a lesson? Clearly, if you're at the younger age groups, there is never going to be an overemphasis on winning or losing. The emphasis should definitely be, and rightly so, on development. But how can you use that loss as a, as a way to win, um, as a way to... Sorry, not as a way to win, as a way to learn. Um, a way to learn and say, right, okay, so why did we maybe lose today? And it it might not be a thing of learning how to win, but it might be that you sort of, you conceded a try because a player maybe went in a little bit too quick, for example. So that is an opportunity for that person to learn. Um, whereas if you approach it and just say simply, it doesn't necessarily matter. Let's go on to next week. That is a fine way to approach it, but you've sort of lost that learning opportunity where you could approach it and say to, okay, we lost. Okay, let's improve from it. It's okay. But what can we learn from from why we sort of maybe conceded the try or et cetera? So it might be that our line speed needs to be a little bit better. And if, and if you can get the players reflecting and understanding that that maybe is the reason why you sort of, you might have lost that game today, then the emphasis there, although you've mentioned the loss of the game, the emphasis isn't on winning and losing there. The emphasis is very heavily on development because you're using that loss to allow the players to develop another skill. I think that... Again, it's the same for winning because I know that we've spoke about it in the past, Ryan. If as a a parent or a coach, more specifically, if you sort of if if you're a person, if you coach a team or a group of players that sort of loses quite often and nothing's ever really learnt from it and it sort of it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, eventually you're gonna win a game. And when you win that game because you've said that you know the competition doesn't matter at all, that win isn't going to be as rewarding for them players um, because the emphasis has been taken away from that. 
And I think what we're trying to say is the emphasis is quite clearly on development, but let's always have that competitive edge and let's sort of understand that, yes, we can win as, as coaches and stuff like that. And it's never the main priority, but we can win in the right way and we can lose in the right way. And it's always about whether we win or lose, what are the coaching opportunities from that for to, to improve, improve that group of players? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's a yeah. I think it's about a list of priorities. Personally, I think it's about saying you know development's always uh, in all the different methods, like you said, physical, sociological, uh, psychological, and physical uh, and mental, all those type of things. But winning is always going to be part of it as well. And I think it's just about what, as a coach and with your team, you prioritize. So yes, there's going to be a winner. But that doesn't mean that you need to prioritise winning. Winning might be right at the very bottom of your list. But with development and with the right coaching, eventually that is going to be a byproduct of it. Um, I think that we've talked about it in the past and it's very much, it's a continuum, isn't it? Um, and I think it's it's very much about development and winning is always in place. But I don't necessarily think it needs to be something that clashes. I don't think it needs to be winning against. Is it? I think you often hear, is it winning or losing? Oh, sorry, is it winning or development? Yeah. You know, is it development or winning? Which one is it? And, you know, why can't we as a coach and teams have both? Um, as long as it's healthy for all parties and it, it's pushing and developing all parties. You know, so you might have it under, say, let's say we have under sixes at one end and we have the first team at the other end. Then when we're at the under sixes, clearly it is going to be very heavily, let's say, ninety-nine point nine percent heavy development because of it. they're very young, they're very they're still learning the basics of the game, whatever sport they're playing, etc. When we get to the first team, it's the complete opposite. So you might have fully grown adults, they've developed all their skills, tactics, whatever it might be, the knowledge of the game throughout their years playing. But now they're under a manager who wants to win games. They want to win games. They want to win trophies because they're playing for the first team of that respective club within that sport. So then they get it flips on its head where the emphasis is pretty much 100% on getting a result, getting a win. And it's about where does it begin to shift on that continuum? When does development stop being more important than winning, yeah, etc.? Yeah, it's a difficult when you're phasing... The focus change, um, and obviously the question probably goes to, like we said before, what you're trying to develop with your team at that time. Um, but I don't, I don't particularly feel that development winning will ever overtake development because I don't think you can win if you don't develop. Obviously, at the top end of the game, development yep. looks a lot different. Well. Um, um, and physically, more tactical and physically specific, I'd imagine in most most groups. Yep. Um, as you try to get the, the smallest of advantages over your opposition, um, but it's trying to realise, like you say, they're not enemies and they're not fighting against each other. They actually work hand in hand. You, the you, the use of winning and loss often is the very basic forms of goal setting within a team and it's that common common middle yeah. ground um that all 
all athletes who play a sport share. Everyone who plays a sport has that competitiveness inside them that, that they want to, to do their best. Um, it's just in the nature of playing a game. Some people are more confident than others and, and I think confidence is a big part of how competitive someone is. But it if you can if you can use loss and you can use winning to teach, uh, it's just as important as using uh, a, 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 a sort of block practice to teach or using a small-sided game to teach or you might go you might do some uh, some some clubs might use some video stuff to teach everything it's just a resource to be able to improve someone either their understanding uh, of, of the sport their self-confidence self-belief um some of these you know proud abilities that people have and 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 it peaks and troughs over the years depending on their sp- their school life, their sport life, or their personal life—how confident they are—and if you can bring that out of them, with with the use of winning or losing and stuff, they're gonna de- they will develop into better players um, and better people for sure. Uh, but it's it's such a it's such a difficult difficult task to be able to balance the two within a team without putting too much stress on individuals to get a win without putting too much stress on on players to f- feel like then they're not going to help the team and yeah. it's and and I do think as time moves on that there will be more focus on coach education helping people use winning and losing as a tool I'm I'm sure of it yeah definitely and I I think personally it's about the quicker you can educate players. And like you said, you know, even at a first team level, they're going to be developing because, you know, you, for example, a coach comes into a team, let's say, I don't know, Pep Guardiola at Man City or Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, just to name examples. Them teams have got better since they've got in there. So that means that, you know, they've developed and it might be that they've developed the tactical knowledge. It might be that, you know, they've got quicker, they've got stronger, whatever. Um, but there is some development going on. And I think what it is about is educating players or people taking part in sport at a young age that they coincide with each other and that, you know, let's say we have somebody who just wants to become a better football player or a better rugby player, a better cricket player, and we have someone who turns upon a... And in my, this, you do have kids like this. I know I was probably similar to this. At nine years old, turns upon a Sunday morning at a football match and wants to win that football match. They just, they want to wake away, walk away from there, and the only way they're going to be happy is that if they've scored a goal or whatever. And I think it's getting that full team to sing from the same hymn sheet by saying, "Okay, you want to become a better player, you want to win a match today." They can both be done at the same if we focus on the development side of it, because ultimately, if we're developing all as one, then not only are we developing and that is the focus and we're ticking off that, that priority, but also we're taking care of the winning side because clearly if we're developing, we're going to be getting better as a team. So the, if you're right at the beginning, you're, say you're with a team that necessarily isn't, is at a low ability level, you might, you might struggle at first. Your goal might be, right, this week we are going to score two goals 
our our goal this week is to develop and, and score two goals. Next week it might be that we want to only concede two goals. We might have been conceding a lot. The week after that it might be okay. We've improved a little bit. We've worked on defending and training. Our focus is now and our goal is to sort of keep a clean sheet if we can. And then eventually that focus on development and you sort of little bits of of improvement in little bits of different areas and little bits of goal setting, which is focusing completely on development, will get that sort of thing of eventually you might get a good result, you might get a win from that. Um and you know, when you do win it's important that you, you do it in the right way. And again, as I said before, when you lose, use it as a lesson. Make sure that the kids know that it is a lesson and it's a way to a coaching opportunity as well as winning. So when you win a match, after your team talk, do you just walk over and do you say, fantastic, great win today, guys, etc.? And that's the end of it. Or do you walk over and do you get your actual team to reflect and say, OK, we won today, which is fantastic, but why did we win? Why did we win? What What do you think you individually? What do you think we did very good as a team that we might not have done last week? And I think for that development aspect, it is important that you know kids have a, a big variety of yeah. different experiences. So, for for example, if a team is if you, if if a child is playing in a team, no matter what sport, and every single week that team loses heavily every single week loses heavily that is not going to be good for their development definitely not psychological because you know self-esteem will be shot but the confidence will be and it's clearly not going to be good for their development on the flip side of it you've got you might play for a team that wins every week heavily and as as a young kid or as a parent you might look at that and think oh fantastic it's a great team but, again, it, it won't be any good for the development because all they ever know is winning very comfortably, winning very easily, not much competition. So when they get a little bit older and that competition becomes more of an emphasis at, say, under-16s and all they've ever done is win, they're going to struggle. So the minute they lose, there's going to be a bit of a backlash. And you sort of need to find that happy medium. And one of the most influential things I've heard um, throughout the years is um, not too long back, I was, when I, I was doing an internship at an academy and when speaking with um, the assistant academy manager, who was a coach mentor at the time, he talked about a story that he heard uh, and the story was off Robbie Fowler. And what Robbie Fowler said, he was doing a, he was on a panel and the panel was ex-Liverpool players and I think it was when they was opening up the new training facility and you had, you know, Steven Gerrard, McMahon, all, all these great players, Michael Owen, who come through the Liverpool system. And they said to Robbie Fowler, what was the most important thing in your development that you think made you into, you know, the great player that he was? And what he said was, is that um, now, currently, I know in the football academy setup, you have, um, they, they only really play for the academies. They might play elsewhere, but the focus is, just playing for the academy, not to risk it. And they get excess hours playing for whatever academy it is. Um, but what he said the main influence was, while he was playing for Liverpool, he also played for a grassroots team. Um, he played for Liverpool Academy, obviously, which wasn't an academy at the time. He played for his town team. 
he played for his county team and he played for his school team. So what he said, the biggest influence was he would one day, so in the week he'd maybe have five matches. So for example, I'm not sure on the exact dates, but on the Monday he would play for his town team and he might have 15 shots on goal and and have the opportunity to score six of them. And he might score six goals for his town team. He then would play for his school team or grassroots team, whichever it was, and he'd probably score 16 goals in a game and have about 20 shots and loads of easy opportunities and practice in front of goal to score. And then he'd go and play for Liverpool on a weekend against maybe Man United or whatever academy and have two opportunities to score in a very tight game and he would have to score that one chance. So in what rather than using it as what we see as like a block practice or whatever now and we see right with practice our shooting, what he said was he practiced his shooting in a lower level game. So when he was growing up he learned that, you know, he had the opportunity to practice in a game that his team might have won fifteen nil. And he, he had the opportunity to have lots of shots and scored 16 goals. He also learned on one that was where he might have got beat at Liverpool. It might have been a very close game and he might have had one opportunity to score and he had to take it. So he learned in that. And then he might have played in a game where it was he drawed and stuff like that. So he had, what he said was the biggest influence was it was... It wasn't that he played for a great team, which you might think, and you know he played for Liverpool and they won every single week. And it wasn't that he played for a team that they found really hard to score goals, really hard to opportunities. It was that he had a, a huge range. So as I said, one week he might have the opportunity to have fifty shots on target, and he might score a lot of them. But then the other week, or the week after, he might be playing for the Liverpool academy, and he might get one shot on target in ninety minutes. And he'd have to learn how to deal with all them things. And I think, as coaches, how can we replicate that? Because I know in my in my setting that I coach in, clearly, in the modern in the modern day, with all the guidance on how many minutes kids can play, they aren't going to have the opportunity to play four or five games in a week, and rightly so. But what can I do in my coaching practice, or what can we do in our coaching practice that allows? kids to experience losing and what's it like to maybe at half time be losing 4-0 what's it like to be drawing at half time or be drawing with five minutes left of a game and what's it like to be 4-0 up at half time and all these different experiences of, of losing, winning drawing whatever and again how we tie that development into each one of them what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, so using uh, practices with with scenarios and is something that I like to do uh, a lot. So we might be working on pass selection or um, offloads, for example, in my sport, trying to be uh, expressive in play. And then we might put them into a small-sided game and we might say to one of the teams, um, go over to the team separately and say, right, you guys, you're... This five minute, we're playing for five minutes. You're losing twelve six. There's five minutes left of the game. Um, I might tell the other team who are defending first. Um, 
we're playing for five minutes. You know, you guys are, are losing 4-0. And both teams don't know what I've told them individually, but there's that element of we're going to adapt to the challenge and the environment to the common goal of of winning and we're going to play in a different style or we're going to work, we're going to find this common goal between us to to make sure we beat the opposition at this moment and I think that helps develop the mental skill of being able to take your chances and and work together and all the stuff I spoke about before about working towards a common goal um but both teams can't possibly achieve their goal. One of them will fall down and it's about immediately getting that group of people to reflect as a group. What could we have done better? What what could we have done differently? And then I'll, I'll throw another challenge in there. And, it's, and I suppose using your training practice with competition is a good way to obviously develop skills, but also to, to practice winning and practice losing. Which I think is really important. Yeah, definitely. And I think again, I think it it could come across as we're sort of saying that you know, in your in your sessions, you sort of you put in scenarios in that you know we want you know you four nil down. What are you going to do to sort of get back into the game, or you four nil? What are you going to do to sort of win the game from this point? And that isn't for me putting the emphasis on winning because what you're trying to develop there is is decision making so you might for me the emphasis goes on to winning or losing as soon as you say um, we're drawing you know we're drawing nil nil 10 minutes go this is what we need to do and you're sort of saying right, we do this we do this and this is how we win by putting scenarios on a game you know and that could be done in training that could be done on a Sunday or a Saturday when the match happens what you're saying is okay we're winning or we're losing or we're drawing and then leave it to the kids, leave it to them to go away and, and solve the problem. It might be in individual groups, smaller groups, and someone takes a lead or they might say, right, OK, to, to win this game, to, to, so we don't lose this game, we're going to do this. And that is part of the development. That's them developing with the decision-making. It's developing the social skills. It's developing so many things. And at the same time, you know, that extra motivation, that element of competition has been put in there. Um, so I think it sort of don't feel, my message definitely to listeners is that, you know, winning isn't a bad thing. It, if done in the right way, if done in the wrong way, it can definitely be detrimental to the development. But winning is, isn't is a bad thing. It's It's probably one of the main reasons that a lot of kids or a lot of people like sport and enjoy sport. Um, so it's about harnessing the power of it and using it to your advantage. And you can talk about winning and you can talk about losing a lot in your coaching, but it's about ensuring that when you are talking about those things, why are you doing it? Are you doing it so that, as we've said, they can go away and develop their own strategy, you know, on a whiteboard to try and win that scenario in the game and stuff like that. And, and it's important for you as a coach to understand that I think that it's part of the process, it's part of the development eventually for when, when they get a little bit older and get a little bit more confident and understanding where you were on that continuum that we talked about. 
So are you at the start? Are you at the end? Are you somewhere in the middle? And one thing I found very important for me is at the start of working with the team or starting at the season, what I like to do is write down a list of priorities. So my priority this season might be that we're trying to develop in this aspect, blah, 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 blah. And then over time, those priorities will stay similar, but eventually they might adapt. So come under 21s, whatever it might be, it might be third down on the list. You know, your top priority might be develop the players so they're good enough for the first team in a couple of years. And then one on the list might be, I want to give these players an experience of winning something, giving the players an experience of competing. So you look at the England setup now in football, though a lot of the youth teams are being successful and starting to win World Cups and Euros at under-17s, 15s, 21s level. That is obviously great, but that's, that is part of the development because now when they eventually hopefully go into the first team, they've already had an, had an experience of playing under pressure, playing in a, in a World Cup final. Yes, it's not going to be the same magnitude, but now we've got young players that are stepping into the first team who have actually had the experience of winning a World Cup final, of coming back from behind in a semi-final, whatever it might be. And they, yeah, everybody highlights that they've, they've won the World Cup at, at youth level. But actually, what you take away from that is the process that it took them to win that and all the development that went in into that and all the development that they've taken away from that. Because I guarantee, you know, we look back in years' time and we might see or we might not see some of them players in the first team and a lot of them players will remember the experience of of winning and the emphasis could could be on oh we won the world cup at under 17s but what you would like to think is that you know if england are fortunate to get to a semi-final again or a world cup final again rather than us panicking and being like a rabbit in the headlights some of them players can actually draw on them experiences and say i've been here before I've played in a World Cup final before. It might have been at a younger age group, but I've played at the highest level before in a World Cup final. And that is across all the sports. And that's what it's about for me. It's about giving players, as I spoke about, the experiences of winning or losing, whatever it might be, or competition. And how can you, as a coach, make sure that they learn from them experiences? It's no good just going into a game on a Sunday and winning and walking away, like we said. It's about that experience of winning. What is that on the yeah. journey? What is and, that going to do to And to sort of summarise, I'd, I'd suggest that um, as long as life's full of, of ups and downs and success and failure, you know, children are expected to do exams and pass and fail and... And a life's full of loss and full of success. Um, sport is the perfect tool to to give kids an enjoyable way of dealing with both. Um, I think probably my take old points is, um, you know, winning's not a development's enemy. Um, winning is it should be about your players and never about you as a coach. You should never judge yourself on. On winning, you should, but you should use it as a tool. Um, it should be for the players' use, use only. And probably the last, the last thing really is how, how winning and losing 
differs depending on where you are on on this continuum of 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 of, of a foot, footballer or rugby player or cricket player's pathway to the first team and their development as an athlete performance wise and and where you sit on that how how you tailor your your practices um your your team talks and your interactions um is heavily based on that and probably the last thing is you really need to know the relationship of your players to to be able to judge when you can really efficiently use winning as a tool if your players are down on confidence you don't want to go in there and go it's not good enough because that doesn't mean anything to anybody um so relationships with your players is probably another key point as well but that's probably a another podcast in itself i'd assume definitely um so we hope that those who are listening, you've enjoyed today's podcast. Obviously, this is episode two of the, the AR Sports Coaching Podcast. And obviously, as we've discussed, the winning and development teams. Um, you can find us on various social media platforms now. So we're now on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. And our podcast is it should be out there on many different platforms, such as Spotify. So if you listen to this and you've enjoyed it, come and interact with us on one of our social media platforms get in touch, maybe read our blog and, and let us know what you think. It might be, you know, you've enjoyed it or you've got some, you know, some advice and feedback, something that you'd might maybe like to hear in future episodes or in future content. Um, because as we've said, this is a community of coaches that we want to build and, you know, it's for you to help to try and develop yourselves. So we hope you've enjoyed today's podcast.